Hey, it's Chris Jones with The Jones Zone, and this episode of the podcast is brought to you by The Jones Zone at Keller Williams Realty. That's right. We sponsor our own podcast. So if you know of anybody looking to buy, sell, rent, or invest in residential real estate in the Charlotte, Rock Hill, Fort Mill area, have them connect with us on their favorite platform. Enjoy the show. It's Chris and Brian Jones, your real estate advocates, community connectors, talking Charlotte and York County area real estate, and interviewing business owners, entrepreneurs, and community leaders. Welcome to the Jones Zone Podcast. Uh, all right, we count me down? Let's just say three, two. Yes. All right, go. Okay. And go. Three. And three, and go. I'm just kidding. I was like, what? <laughs> this is what I do to Brian. Brian's <laughs> normally not here. Brian's not here, so I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was like, You're like what? what in the world? What am I doing? Uh, I always do that to Brian, and he gets so up- upset. So <laughs> I, he's not here today. Brian's daughter, it, Bristol, is sick with the stomach flu, so he's at home. So I'm riding solo. But today I'm here with Barbie Gearhart, owner of... The Staging Girl, which is what she goes by, uh, Barbie the Staging Girl. Um, she does home staging, consultation, and remodeling. She works with homeowners, realtors, and investors and has staged thousands of homes since founding her company in 2007. She's been featured in magazines and videos, and she hosts workshops for real estate companies. In 2004, she was awarded Stager of the Year by Douglas Lattimore, a realtor in the area. So, Barbie, Welcome to the Jones Zone. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. So that was a real quick, brief introduction. Why don't you take um, a couple minutes and kind of share a little bit of your personal story and then how you got into the home staging industry. Okay. Well, um, thanks for having me again. Um, I uh, grew up in real estate. Um, My mother was a realtor uh, and has been for 42 years in Atlanta. Um, uh, I tell all my realtors that I am a, a recovering adult child of a real estate agent. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we do, we do survive past the, we're going to go on vacation, but you have to put, I got to put a sign in a yard. I got to put a oh, box on a door. Every time. I need to get two signatures. I'm waiting on one phone call and then we'll leave. <laughs> so it's like, that was my life. Um, it's a little easier <laughs> now with, uh, technology. I can do stuff on my phone for crying out loud now. Yes, but yeah. yes, you can. But yeah, so that's, I mean, that's, that's what I grew up in. I mean, I sat in my first open house when I was 12 mm. and, uh, you know, uh, back in the day when things were hard, I did, um, tri-fold flyers for my mom for 10 cents a piece. So yeah, I know all the, mm. all the ins and outs, but anyway, so that's, uh, and I didn't know it was a job. I didn't know that it was work. I actually staged my very first house was for a Keller Williams agent out of the Fort Mill office. Uh, her name's Elisa Belvedere. Okay. And, um, uh, it, I didn't know that it was work. I just, it was, I don't know, like I just did it and I really liked it and, um, found myself in a situation in 2007 before the economy crash, uh, where I was a single mom and had three kids and needed a job and thought, okay, so maybe I try this full time. And I did. I didn't have any money. Uh, started out on Facebook back when everybody was like, you're on what? Yeah, um, what? What are you doing? <laughs> no, you need to be on MySpace where you need to be. <laughs> well, that's what I heard. They were like, you're yeah. on what? And of course, realtors were like, I don't do uh, social media. Um, but so I built my business on that. And um, and then I just I just got into it. So I have, um, I have a degree in um, residential planning and retailing, which is basically a space management degree. Okay. Um, and uh, I've done a sub-study in biopsychology, so there's a lot of 
reading and research and stuff that goes with that. Where did you go to school for this? I never even heard of that. What? Did... Um, it's uh, I went to the Art Institute of Atlanta. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, and they had a they had a course in it, and um, and it was, and you know, at the end of the day, here's the thing. Staging is a sales process, and real estate, to date, is the only industry that sells a product that doesn't apply standard sales marketing tactics to sell it. It's pretty much the same as it was back in the 70s. You find a house, you make sure it's clean, you make sure it's well put together, you take a picture of it, you stick it in the computer, you hope somebody buys it. Like, that's how that works. But whether you're selling a house or soda or cars or french fries, you, you know who your target audience is. And so you know how to get them to want to buy your product. And in our industry, that vehicle is through photographs. And a photographer can only take a picture of what's there. So I make sure that when the picture's taken, it looks the way it needs to look to get the attention of the buyer you want on a page full of 10 other houses that are pretty much the same house. Mm -hmm. And that's what I do. Interesting. So that was um, quite the mouthful. Where? Uh, yeah, I your, talk a lot. How, I didn't mean it like that. I meant, like, I meant that was a lot to take in for someone listening right off the bat. So a stager, what, what does a process look like for someone that, might be interested in staging their home what if they reach out to you what's the walk them through the process there okay so um if uh it happens one of two ways either the homeowner calls me because the realtor told them to or the realtor calls me and says hey can you help me with a listing i have and so you know i go out to their house and um uh, initially what i do is just sort of walk through the house you know i sort of see where are we at uh, and I take a lot of pictures because, like I said, it's a matter of what does it look like in the picture. You know, the days of putting in a real estate comment, this is a must-see. Yeah, no, it's not actually a must-see. <laughs> it's a must-photograph, right? Okay. Because your people are looking at the houses on their iPhones at mm -hmm. Starbucks. And they're deciding what they are and aren't going to look at based on those pictures. So I take a picture of, like, the living room. And I say, okay... What do we look like now? And based on the time of year, the estimated list price, the size of the house, and how fast they want it to sell, that lets me know what, if anything, do we need to modify to get this house to look like it matches or slightly exceeds the price that you want to sell it for. Um, and I do that, I walk through the whole house and before I leave, I tell the sellers, if there's anything they can work on right now, here, while I'm working on my report for you, because I build a report for them, while I'm working on my report, I want you to work on this. So it gives them something to do, and it makes them feel like the process is moving forward. Uh, it takes about three days, and what I send to them is a full color report. Uh, it is color coordinated, it is itemized, it is prioritized. If I could get it to sing and dance, I would do that too. Um, and it tells them room by room, where are you, where do you need to be, and how do I get us there? And I give explanation as to why. You know, a lot of people say, well, why do I have to do that? Well, you don't have to do anything. My job is to be 100% honest. 
and I, I need that. I need to be able to tell your people, look, this is your kitchen. You want a half a million dollars for your house. You need to think about that for a minute. That's a half a million dollars. You can say your house is the cheapest house in the neighborhood, but you still want a half a million bucks. So here are three other houses that are similar to yours in size, price, and location. And these are their kitchens. Does your kitchen cut the mustard with these? Does it match up? And if it doesn't, we need to change it. Or, or we don't change it. And you recognize that you're gonna be below the bar on that. And you don't hold your realtor accountable for the fact that you're gonna get feedback that says the kitchen's dated because I've given you that info up front. And then I walk them through the process. They, we sit down, we decide what can we do, what don't we wanna do, and then if they want me to help them run the project, I do that. I help them find contractors, I schedule all the work, I check all the quality, I line up the photographer if they need me to, uh, I make sure the pictures turn out right, um, and that's what I do. The, the end result of what I do is a house that photographs the right way. I love that idea, man. Uh, the picture comparison is gold. I love that. Um, I think it's important to note, too, that it. I think people, when they think about staging, they're thinking they need to fill a vacant house. But you're talking about guiding people and providing consultation when the people still live there. Yes. Okay. Yes, occupied houses because people staging is in everything. You know, Target is a perfect example of staging. I don't know if you remember, but way back in the day when Target rolled out, their competition was Walmart. And they said, "We don't want to compete with Walmart. We want to compete with the mall." And everyone in the retail business went, "Yeah, right. Good luck. You're a discount store." So Target tracked their buyers. Who's my audience? What do they need? How do I get them to stay longer? How do I get them to spend at least a hundred bucks every time they come? And they set the store up because they realized who their buyer was and they staged that environment. And, and so that's, it, it's, it's in everything. When you go to somebody's house that's occupied, that is their sanctuary. That is where they have their family dinners. It's where they come home and relax at the end of the day. It's special to them. So you have to be really careful about how you tell them what you tell them and that you tell them in a gentle way, look, I know that you love this and I love it. And in your new house, we'll make it look just like this. But in order for us to get you the money you want, we need to look like this because your buyer is gonna see this elsewhere. And we don't want your house to get, you know, I, I had a client who uh, had a chicken collection. I'm not lying. A real chicken or like a sta like chicken uh, statues, chickens, figurines and stuff? Uh, if she could have real chickens, the HOA wouldn't <laughs> let her, she'd have them. But she had, she had a, a, a chicken like tchotchke, like that was her thing. Her, she had her mother's chickens and her grandmother's chickens and she got chickens and they were everywhere. And her realtor called me and said, people are calling my house the chicken house. Oh, no. Nobody's going to buy a chicken house. So I went in there and I just talked to her and I explained to her, look, these are very special and they're very important to you. And you would be heartbroken if when somebody's in here looking at, one of your, looking at your house, if one of them broke. So in order for them to be safe, we need to go ahead and pack them up because you're going to move, right? And they were like, yeah, awesome. Let's make sure we pack them right. Let's go ahead and do that now. And she was like, that's a great idea. And we did, we packed those up, took two days, um, rearranged all the furniture, 
cleaned up all the stuff we needed to clean up and took the pictures and the house sold in like a week. Yeah. Is that something you just kind of developed over time? Your, I guess for lack of a better term, your bedside manner is just dealing with people or what it's cause it's really hard to do that. Like when, when sellers are asking me for advice and stuff and sometimes yeah. I just want to be like, Oh jeez. Well, here's the thing you guys, you know, the job of real estate agent is really tough. You guys have, uh, you're in almost an impossible situation because here you're trying to get a listing so that you can sell this house. But at the same time, the house needs to look a certain way and certain things have to happen in order for you to sell the house for the people who've hired you. You can't easily go into their house and say, you have an ugly baby. Like mm-hmm. if the house, okay, everyday situation. You walk into a house and it smells like a wet dog and they love their dog. Yeah. How are you going to say, by the way, smells like Scruffy had a bath in the foyer? <laughs> right. I mean, you can't say that. I, let me rephrase that. You can say that, but it puts you in a bad spot because you don't want to hurt their feelings. So what I tell my realtors in my workshops is, look, whether you use me or you use somebody else, have somebody, have a stager come in because you refer mortgage people, you refer roofers, you refer lanes, you know, you could give them referrals for everything. Refer a professional. I have someone who this is all they do. And that's what I tell them. And I let them know up front, you know, people don't want to be lied to. And honesty is such a rare quality these days that they appreciate it. They don't always like it but they appreciate it and they understand why. And I tell them, it, I, you have a dog. Your house has the characteristics of a house that has a dog and that loves their dog. Here's the problem. Your buyer may not have a dog and they may not be dog people and they may not appreciate those characteristics. So we need to modify that in order to get them to feel better about that. And they go, oh, well, that makes sense. <laughs> So what studies I'm sure you if you don't know it off the top of your head you that's fine but like what is the average ROI on having a home stage versus not I mean sellers that are kind of in a pinch I mean is this an investment that they should definitely make or is this something that they should consider or I I think that it is worth the investment for anybody who's going to sell their house to have a stager come out and look at it I don't I don't have to I don't have to declutter and rearrange furniture in every house I go in. Um, I I do it in most of them, but maybe once or twice I'll have a house where I only have to move like one or two things. And I just walk through and I just tell them, look, do this, do that, change this, change this one thing over here, and you're good to go. Because you're getting um, a set of eyes on it that isn't directly affected by whether or not the house sells. When I do my reports, I let them know up front, I don't get paid based on what you do. I get paid the same money whether you do all of it or none of it. Either way, my check doesn't move. Everyone else in, involved in their transaction is directly affected by the money involved. Mm-hmm. So when I let them know that, like with the contractors I work with, these, don't, these people don't work for me. I don't sub them out. Your people, when I, when I say it needs to be painted, I tell them, I've got the best people for that. You don't have to use my people, but my people are the best people. If you want me to work with your people, I'll work with your people, but I'm the boss. It's done when I say it's done. Mm 
and it has to be done the right way. And you pay all of these contractors directly because I don't want your people to think I'm getting a cut from that check. So if the if a second coat paint comes in and says, Barbie, it's gonna be 1850 to paint this house. I say, awesome. Sends me a, a, a sheet, lets me know what the estimate is. I send that piece of paper right to your people. It's for a second coat to do it, it's 1850. And, and I organize it, I'm the wedding planner for your home sale. And at the end of the day, what you get is you get an, an unbiased opinion as to what you need to get where you wanna go. How early should people call you in the process? I mean, the, the, when they even consider selling or do they need to wait until they list? I mean, or closer to when they list? Like, how, how, what's the timetable that you would recommend, really? Um, it, it, depends on, it, it depends on your location uh, and it depends upon your price point. Um, for instance, I have uh, some clients uh, in um, Landon Meadows on the south side of Charlotte who have lived in their house for 10 years. Um, maybe uh, when they bought it, it had been updated three years prior to that. So let's say that we're talking, you know, 2006, mm -hmm. right? And it was updated in 2003. Well, they say, you know, Barbie, I'm gonna sell my house next year. My kid's graduating from, from high school. Uh, we're gonna downsize. What do I need to do? because they know going into it, their house is not up to date. So if we're gonna do big things, and sometimes we do, if we have to renovate a kitchen, if we, if we need new appliances, if we need new flooring, do it sooner rather than later, because you're gonna invest this money, and I would rather you invest it and enjoy it and live on it than, because everybody's like, oh, I'm gonna replace carpet right before I sell. Don't do that. You will hurt your own feelings because you'll be walking on all this nice cushy carpet and your wife will be looking at you going, why didn't we do this 10 years ago? I've just invested all this money in this carpet. Now I don't even get to live on it. Live on it, enjoy the investment, and then you'll reap the benefits on the backside. If, if you are living in downtown Charlotte and you're in a two bedroom condo at Fifth and Poplar, you can call me a month before you wanna move. Let me walk through it, I'll give you some pointers. And then a week before you go on the market, right before pictures, call me and I'll come back through and tighten you up so that you're right for pictures. Um, so it really depends. More information is always better than not. Any longer than a year out is gonna be too long though because the market changes and your buyer, buying public changes. Yeah, I just, because a lot of times we, when we get calls, you know, for listings and stuff, and they're not always ready to list soon. You know, sometimes it's a couple months down the road and they'll ask us, what do you think about the kitchen? What do I think, you know, what do you think about the, you know, do I, should I paint and stuff like that? So I might just start giving you a call right, <laughs> right then. That and, would be uh, awesome. And, and your answer when you, when somebody, cause they're always going to ask you guys, you know, you're a professional. Um, when they say, what do you think about my kitchen? Do you think I need to update it? Um, your answer, in my opinion, should always be, I, I, I love your kitchen but I'm not your buyer so let me get Barbie in here to look at it because she's gonna let us know what it needs to look like for the people who are buying to want to buy it and they go oh, okay great they want they want validation from you because that your opinion matters to them yeah so telling them that you love their kitchen will be a big deal and then I can come in and go I love your kitchen too however this is what we need to change and why we need to change it. And then they understand that. It's just a matter of knowing the process and yeah. doing it the right way. 
Do you do consultations for outdoor space, like patios, pool areas? I mean, how does that work? Um, yes, um, but it's different. Um, you know, if, like if we're staging an outdoor area for sale, there is, again, based on your price point and location, there's things that you want and things that you don't want. Um, if you are um, looking to install an outdoor living area, um, I do consultations for that also. Um, but again, what I do is I go in there and, and, you know, how do you live this space? How do you want to live in this space? And we draw it out. And then I collaborate with uh, an outdoor hardscaper um, who comes in and says, okay, based on this idea, this is what we can do. So, uh, you know, the answer is yes. It just depends upon in what, uh, what tools am I using for what application? Okay. So for homes that are vacant, mm-hmm. um, you want to outfit pretty much if you, if someone hires you to stage, you'd stage the entire house. Yes. Where do you get all your stuff? Where do you keep you keep the, a giant warehouse, or how do you go about getting all this furniture for everybody? Um, I have a magic wand and I wave it. <laughs> Poof. Um, Cinderella uh, shows up. Like it's the, right. the two mice, they're just they got stuck. Where do you want the lamp, boss? <laughs> I have black on black suburbans that show up yeah. with furniture behind them. Yeah, um, with the with the uh, the earpiece. Yeah, with the earpieces. Yeah. Hey, we here, Bobby. And the glasses. Um, uh, yeah, that's only when I do houses in Washington. I don't warehouse any furniture. Okay. Um, uh, and the reason why is it's a it's not of any value to me. It's of almost no value to my people. Um, uh, so the the and it's a lot i mean it's a lot of money it's it's you know i'm never going to have exactly what i need i'm always going to have to go out and buy something so why do it uh and it lets me keep my cost down so what i do is i've worked out an arrangement with a luxury event furniture company and everything is this is high quality stuff this is stuff that's meant to actually be lived on there are no inflatable beds there are no fake like if you go to a house that i stage it's a real bed with real pillows and real sheets and it's because people don't want to be lied to i mean you you and i have both walked into staged houses where you walk in and let's say that it's a four bedroom two story two and a half bath 2300 square feet it's a uh, dr horton it's 10 years old it's on the south side they want 350 um and they say they're the cheapest house in the market and it's vacant and the the there's a dining room table there's a living room set there's a master bathroom set and then there's some awkward weird nursery upstairs that's just (laughs) and you're walking through it you're like what is this the minute your buyers ask you what the deal is you've lost them you want them looking at the house and so i tell everybody if you're going to do it do it if you're not going to do it don't but don't do it halfway stage the whole house it's worth the money and it's not that much money especially the way i do it um but we go in and and the furniture is picked so that it reflects the um, most likely interiors of the person you're selling to um it's based on the price of the house i'm not gonna put a 90 inch full tufted mahogany legged uh bench sofa in a house in um, a Rayburn. Not because people in that, in that neighborhood don't have money, they do. But the buyer for that neighborhood 
isn't going to walk in with that. Yeah. And that's going to make them uncomfortable. And so I outfit the house to reflect what the buyer wants to see. Yeah. Um, I think that's a, an amazing strategy. I think a lot of sellers, they don't, I don't it's hard for them to, to realize. Like I tell people, you know, it just takes one buyer. But at the same time, you need to know, like, the type of clientele that's going to be looking at the house and who's going to who's actually going to be coming in and stuff. So, Absolutely. Um, how is it different working with, instead of homeowners, working with investors, like people that do flips and stuff like that, would you recommend them doing staging as well? I mean, even though they're so money conscious about how much they're going to make off of their deal? What I, what I recommend to investors is that they call me when they buy the house. Okay. Don't buy the house and then play Property Brothers. Don't do that. Everybody, I shouldn't say everybody, that's a false statement. A lot of people, when they buy houses and want to flip them, they go into it with the idea that it's going to be like it is on TV Mm -hmm. and that they can get this awesome product for this very little price and these contractors and this, this. And what you wind up with, though, is a house that is six weeks past its due date. It's 30% over budget. um, And you and your wife are about to divorce each other because you're so mad at each other for whatever reason. So, but I go in and I say to the investor, okay, let's look at this. I don't care what you paid for it. What do you want to sell it for? Now that I know what you want to sell it for, what do we need to make it look like without furniture in order for you to get that buyer? What products do we need? Where do we get them? How much should we spend? Who should we get to do the work? Because when I do it, you're going to spend 30% less than if you do it because this is what I do. And, and that's what I tell them. Go in, have me help you in the beginning. If you are an investor and you do your own stuff, and I have a lot of investors who say, well, I always design my own stuff. Awesome. Design your own stuff. What type of stuff? Are you, what do you mean? Well, like I had an investor the other day who they bought a, a really cute little house um, uh, somewhere between uh, like Matthews and in town. And, um, and they, they put in hardwood floors and they put in light fixtures and they, they picked out there. They did a, a, a fancy treatment on the fireplace and they did all this stuff. And, and it looks great. Um, but in talking with them, uh, the amount of money that they spent was more than they should have because you could, I could have gotten them the same presentation in their hardwood floors without using that product maybe using something different from a different company that costs less, that is right on par with your buyer. And isn't, it's like the difference between driving a, uh, a luxury tricked out Toyota and driving an economy Mercedes. They're both good cars, but you do not need to bring your economy Mercedes to go mudding. If you're gonna go four-wheeling, get a four-wheeler, mm-hmm. you know? If you're gonna, if you're gonna take your car somewhere to be valeted and you want to be parked up front, bring your Mercedes. Each product has its own place. And so that's what I, I tell them. I know that you want the best product. I know you want to pay the very, because they're all about money. It's dollars yeah. and cents. So that's where I help them with that. And then a lot of times when I get in on the beginning side of it, we don't need furniture because I've made it look the way it needs to, to sell it without furniture. But if you want to do your own 
and you want to hire me to help you on the back end, then I do the same thing for your vacant house that I do for anybody else's vacant yeah. house. It's very interesting to hear him say that. Just uh, in the same vein that you know, it's not about what you think it looks cool. It's like about what the buyers find interesting. But they, you know, they, they, it's they, they do it. They don't do it with malice. They don't even do it with arrogance. They really do think that they know what's best, and sometimes they're right. Um, but sometimes they're right at a cost to their own bottom line. Yeah. That's all. So you've said, you've mentioned kind of your team, I guess, but who all do you work with and how did you cultivate these relationships? I mean, these are contractors, electricians, mm-hmm. and yep. all, the whole gamut, huh? Uh, yes. Uh, the, the people that I work with are people I've worked with for years. Um, and um, how did I cultivate relationships? Um, treating people the way I want to be treated. I mean, I know that sounds silly, but like yeah. the paint guy that I work with, um, I did. I met him because I was doing a house for um, a client and their realtor recommended a painter that they knew, which is fine, that works out great. I was gonna work with that guy. That guy came in, got a deposit from the homeowner and never showed up for work. Mm. Ouch. And the realtor is the one who looks bad. Yeah. And she called me and said, I'm in a bind, what do I do? I said, um, I don't know, let me think. And I, I got on the phone and I called a friend of mine in another neighborhood and I said, tell me the name of a paint van that you see more than once in your neighborhood. And she mentioned it. I called him up and I said, this is who I am and this is what I do um, and I'm in a bind. Can you help me? <laughs> yeah. And he showed up with six guys and they did an awesome job. And I told him, I said, I'm gonna call you again. And he tells people, I hear that a lot. If you help me, I'm gonna give you more work. He said, and I didn't believe you. I called him three days later with another job. In the last 10 years, I've probably done 800 houses with this guy. Jeez. Yeah. But we have an understanding, we have a relationship. His people know what I want. There's a difference between getting a guy and a truck and a brush to paint your house and getting my people to paint your house. There just is. Yeah. I have expectations. These are these are guys that I've worked with for a long time. They can walk into a house almost without me and go, I bet Barbie's gonna <laughs> want. And, and and that's the thing. And same thing with, you know, whether it's the electrician or the plumber or the flooring guys or the landscaping. You, I, I, I have a philosophy, and that is I feed the family first. And that is, if I've got a client who needs something, I'm going to go off the list I've got. I'm going to go off the people that have helped me that I know have helped my clients. And I'm going to give all the opportunities to those guys. And if they can't do it, and a lot of times, like this time of year, everybody's busy. Yeah. If they can't, then I tell them, okay, you know I'm always going to call you first, Tim. And if you can't, that's okay. I've got a backup, but I'm always going to call you first. And that makes him feel good, and that gives me... A discount he gives a discount to my clients he gives them priority on the schedule um, and they know that uh, I'm always gonna I'm always gonna take care of them I'm always gonna make sure that, that they get what they need what are some general practical tips that uh, homeowners who aren't selling their home could use um, just in terms of maximizing space or having their home look nicer I guess <laughs> like, feel, feel different and all know, that not necessarily someone that's looking to sell but just in general um, I, 
the very first thing that that you can do is if you're not sure like start with a space and not the kitchen and not the master bathroom don't start in those spaces start in some place like the family room take pictures from all four corners of the room and then look at the pictures what do you like what don't you like and make a list of the things that you really enjoy and a list of the things that bug you and then on the list of things that that bug you pick one start there okay. it's really it, it's really that simple I mean it, it's a matter of you know you don't like the fact that your your floor is cold right I don't like the fact that my family room is too cold okay well awesome let's look at a couple of things do you have a draft do we need to caulk windows do you need to change your carpet and carpet pad? Maybe it's gotten too old. Maybe the insulation under there isn't giving you what you need. Start there. Um, and then the other thing is um, start. Maintenance is a big deal. If you have a crack in your ceiling, fix it. And hire someone to fix it. I can does not mean I should yeah, yeah, no doubt. and does not mean I will. It means that you can. I can do a lot of things. I can cook. You do not want to eat it. Trust me. Ask my uh, husband. What is this? <laughs> it's lasagna. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was lasagna. Yeah. My children are taking pictures the other day of the food I cooked for them and texting it to oh, my no. husband saying, this is what mom made Please. and she's making it come Please home. bring Chick-fil-A home. Yes. Please. But that's it. it. If you will, If people will just take care of basic maintenance it saves them so much if they ever go to sell and it, it saves them money it saves them time it saves them headache hire somebody to come out a handyman for three days to just yeah. walk around and point <laughs> yeah. fix everything it's it's worth it those things alone will help how do you stay on top of um industry trends and what's going on in the interior design world do you walk through model homes or do you subscribe to any certain trade magazines or how do you stay abreast of what's going on um i don't subscribe to trade magazines um i do walk through model homes uh but it's for different reasons than other people would walk through like i'm walking through to look at like what's the size of their casing on their doors and windows you know, what, Interesting. Yeah. what, what, you know, it, biggest misconception about staging. Okay. You ready? Yeah. Depersonalize. Okay. First of all, I get that all the time. Yeah. What is that? Like, what Should does I that get mean? rid of all my photos? Like, I don't know. All right. If so I'll walk, let you elaborate. If you walk through a model home, mm -hmm. they have pictures of yeah. fake family members. Mm -hmm. Don't depersonalize. You have to know what to use, how much to use and where to use it. And that's what I do. And typically, model homes for large companies will use um, buyer psychologists on the front side who will work with the design companies who will then produce the product. Not everybody does it. And I can tell when I walk through, I'm like, really? Um, I know. But, yeah. but, that's, but how do I stay abreast? You know, a lot of it is just, um, I mean, I'm on social media. Uh, I've built my business on Facebook. So I, I live on that. And I, I listen to people. I listen to, you know, where are they moving to? Where are they moving from? What are the things that matter? Industry trends, to be honest, don't affect what I do. 
it's not about which trendy it's about what will work mm-hmm. and you know i mean it everybody says white kitchens are out right like or or okay up until recently white kitchens with stainless steel and gray marble granite is in okay but other than that everybody's like white kitchens are out white kitchens aren't out they're not for every application but they are going to work in some spaces and there's a reason why they work in some spaces espresso streamlined contemporary modern kitchens are still somewhat in they're sort of that ikea look but you're not going to use it in every application. It's a matter of what does your buyer want. That's what makes what I, I do different is it isn't about what's popular. It's about yeah. what will work. Interesting. Yeah, it's funny when you say that about model homes. Like you'll walk through and like there's like one bedrooms for the kid, like the boy, one bedrooms for the girl, the mom and dad room is uh, classic stuff. Well, so. and I, I try not to... Um, I try not to rearrange things while I'm in the model home because my husband's like, don't do that. No, what are you doing? That's exactly it. He's like, why are you Get doing your that? Hands off and, but it's, it's true because, you know, there are some times when I go, really? A pink girl's room, a blue boy's room, yeah. um, you know, Carolina football Panthers bonus room. Not that I don't like the Panthers, but I do. But come on, really? Are you, are you really going to shoot for the most common denominator in that way? Come on. <laughs> You know, so, but that's, yeah, that's what I do. So you mentioned Facebook. How else has social media changed your business? Are you, you're on Pinterest? I am. Okay. How's that helped? Oh, I love Pinterest. (laughs) Do you have like a million boards? I do. I have like a million boards. They call them boards, right? They do. They call them boards. Um, It actually really helps my clients because um, like when I do remodels, uh, it used to be that I would tell them get online or go to the store and print out pictures or cut pictures of things you like. Now what I do is I go in and I talk to them and I tell them, okay, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to develop a board for you. I'm going to tag you in it. We can both add to Mm. it. You send to it things that you like. You don't have to explain why you like them. I just have to see the picture. I'm going to tag things on there that I think are good for your house, things that I think you'll like, and we'll work together on that. And that way we can sort of pare it all down. Um, It also helps me, like for ideas you know like I, I'll sit at my computer in the family room when I'm vegging out and my kids are watching world's dumbest something right um, yeah. and, and I'll, I'll get on Pinterest and I'll just type in um, bathroom remodels and I'm looking to see what everybody's doing what are you doing because some things are really great some things I go I never thought of that that's awesome and some things I go why in creation would you do that but that's it. It's really helped me. It gives me some place to have ideas and a place to meet up with my clients. Awesome. All right. Well, let's take maybe the final minute. Give us some last words of wisdom, and then let us know how we can get in touch with you and, and ask about your services and stuff. Awesome. Thank you. Um, you can uh, always find me on Facebook at the Staging Girl, which is my business page. You can find me online at thestaginggirl.com. Uh, you can email me at thestaginggirl at gmail. <laughs> I tried to make this very user-friendly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, um, you can find me in all of those places. Um, I'd give you my phone number, but people are driving and nobody writes anything down. So <laughs> that you can find my phone number there. Um, uh, words of wisdom. Um, uh, for realtors, don't try to be everything. You are you. You are the you're the wheel. You're the middle, and use the tools available to you. 
you know, use stagers as a tool to help you. Um, let me be the bad guy if somebody's going to be the heavy. And <laughs> the heavy. <laughs> and and for sellers, um, it's not it's not personal. It feels personal, but it's not personal because we're going to change the house to meet the buyer's needs. So they'll give you the money they want, you want, so that we can make your next house the way you want it. Yeah. It's that it's that process. Oh, and when you're cleaning, don't use bleach. Don't use bleach. Because of the smell? Or? Because of the smell. Okay. Yeah. A lot of people think, uh, buyer, a lot of buyer's agents will know that, especially uh, your more seasoned realtors, your older realtors, when they smell bleach, bleach is normally used to cover up a mold issue. And so that's the button that goes yeah. off in their head. So don't use gotcha. bleach. Use citrus. <laughs> All right. Well, Barbie, the staging girl, thank you so much for coming on the Jones Zone. Thank and you for having me. It's been a pleasure to, to be here. With you. Thank yeah. you so much. Thanks so much for listening to the Jones Zone podcast with Chris and Brian Jones. We'll catch you on the next episode.